Welcome back, folks, to another episode of Throwing Partners. I mean, we just came off the decade podcast of our series here, so I'm going to throw it over to my partner over here for episode 11. Brian, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Kind of tired. Got my coffee, um, but doing fine. Uh, Saturday, it's been a week since our last pod, so welcome back, everyone. Sorry for the delay. You know, school's back in session, so, you know, we got to take care of our academics first and then the podcast. I'm sorry, folks. We care about you like we how we care about our fans, which we brought a fan on today as a guest, uh, a Louisiana native. If you guys are watching on YouTube, he looks like he belongs on Ice Road Truckers, and we're going to bring it over to Robert. How are you today? Oh, man, I'm doing great, Brian. Nice to finally meet you. Uh, Chris. Likewise, Robert. Uh, Chris, man, I, I'm, I can't say I'm happy to see you because I've been listening to this podcast and I'm just, I don't agree with half the things you say and I'm telling you, man, it just, it makes me want to fly over there and come visit just so I can, you know, it, it, give you one of these, you know, a little knuckle sandwich. Oh. That's what I really want to give you. Okay. So you're basically telling me that I don't do a good job on this podcast and you that's, want, that's not but, what I'm saying but, but here's also the thing here's also the thing you were so you were texting me every time an episode came out almost every time and you're just like I don't agree with this all this stuff and I was like you know what we'll have you on there and then when I asked hey you want to be on it the first time you're like no I gotta get caught up in all this stuff so you weren't even prepared <laughs> man I look work has been kicking my butt man I just you know it I just I just wanted to debate with you, you know, without having to be on here. But finally, I was like, you know what, man, I got to get on just so I can just just mess his mind up a little bit, so, you know. So, you know, there's two hosts to this podcast, right? You can also. No, I know. No, I, I understand. <laughs> I understand. But you got to. No, I agree with Brian. It's just the, and the matter of fact is, Chris, me and you were throwing partners at once, too. So it's true. we did play on the same team. We did play on the same right. team. So, I mean. You know, we've had our time to debate. All right. All right. Well, let's let's jump into the first topic. It is Super Bowl weekend. It's a big weekend for all the KC fans and all the Tampa fans. And all those new Tampa fans. I know. Right. All the new Tampa fans, all the bandwagon fans. So let's talk about first. We're going to talk about some key questionable injuries right now on both ends of Tampa Bay and Kansas City. Of course, we all know that the two offensive tackles for Kansas City are definitely out. They're not They're not uh, playing at all. But there is a wide receiver for KC that is questionable. He participated in full practice on Friday. Don't see why he couldn't play for the Super Bowl, but that is Sammy Watkins. So, Brian, do you think he plays or not? Yes, he's he's playing. If he did full squad, squad practice a few days ago, he's definitely playing tomorrow. Um I think in a game like this, you can't miss it depending on how, how you're feeling or not. Like you got to play and a guy like him, like he's a difference maker for that team. I agree a hundred percent. So that means we're going to go over to Tampa Bay. One of the big uh, questionable injuries. I'm going to give this one to Robert uh, Antonio Brown. Um, don't really have an update of whether he fully participated in practice on Friday. Do you think he plays for the Super Bowl? Man, I'll tell you what, if he doesn't, um, that might change my pick because he is insane whenever he's on the field. Now, off the field, whatever, he has a lot of issues, but he's, he's cleared those up for the most part this year. I haven't really heard anything off the field about him. Um, but at the same time, dude, if he's on the field this year, this for this game coming, it, it I, don't, I don't have any question in my mind that Tampa Bay is going to win. 
Okay, so basically your pick is debating whether or not Antonio Brown plays or not. But that brings us to who do you guys have for the Super Bowl? Who's your Super Bowl winner? Well, so let's I go to t- Brian. I want to touch on this though with AB. Like he didn't he didn't play in the game against Green Bay and Tampa Bay still came out. You know, Chris Godwin is open all the time. Like he Mike I, Evans is healthy. So yeah, Mike Evans is healthy. Like Tom Brady will be fine. Um, I know I bet against the GOAT against Green Bay. I did too. Um, I did too. This is this is gonna be a really fun game. It's so interesting. I, I don't even know. Robert told me before the podcast to go with my gut, but man, I don't know. Like I wanna say Tampa. You know what? Screw that. Tampa Bay. So Tampa, okay. Robert, let's turn it over to you. Tampa or Casey? I mean, look, I'm going with Tampa. And the reason why is not because of their offense. It's their defense. Against the Saints, whenever they played the Saints, my Saints, Tampa Bay's offense did not beat the Saints. A mixture of Drew Brees and LSU, Devin White, and Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette had a little bit of offense to do with that. But Devin White had two – he had two picks. I mean, LSU's defense pretty much beat the Saints and Drew Brees. Drew Brees beat himself. I, he should retire. I, I'm I'm sorry. He should. I, I I think everybody in NFL agrees. And you being a Saints fan also kind of clarifies of he should retire. So absolutely. With with that though, let's um so now it's on to me, of course. Oh gosh. Um I'm gonna just tell you it's gonna be a Casey show all day long. Mahomes is going to be throwing backwards passes, sideways passes. You know how Forrest Gump said, you know, there's sideways rain, there's front rain, there's all that. So that's what Mahomes is going to be doing. He's going to be, raining. He's going to be raining in the end zone with uh, Travis Kelsey, with Tyreek Hill, and a healthy Sammy Watkins. So he'll be there too. All kinds of passes. I, I, I fully disagree with that statement. <laughs> fully so, disagree with that statement. So what, I, what, what I'm saying is – is like uh, basically KC is going to win by two touchdowns, calling it. No. Two touchdowns, no. minimum. You are minimum. wrong. Minimum. But we're done with football. It's it's up for debate for everybody out there listening to this. KC, Tampa Bay, you got the GOAT and you got the reigning champs. So We got we got GOAT and we got baby GOAT going right now. I mean, he, he's, on pace, yeah, he's on pace to basically – he's going to probably shatter everything if he stays at the pace he's at. But He's great. But let's pat, let, defense. Let's uh let's turn it over to you, Brian, and take us away with basketball. Basketball. Well, um, the Lakers um road win streak came to an end, so no wings for anyone. So, you know, someone brought that up, an old coworker brought that up, um, saying that, oh, if the Lake, I just found out the Lakers win on the road, you get free wings from Wingstop. That day they <laughs> lost. So no free wings, but they're going they're going back. Let's talk about the Western Conference though and the jump the Utah Jazz have made. Nine and one in the last 10. That's insane. Nine and one in the last 10. They're now sitting on top of the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Like, where did that come from? Like, it's crazy. Like, they're on a whole new level right now. And, I mean, as a Laker fan, it's like, no, like, you can't drop. But also, it's like, Utah, like, good for you. It's it's not like the Lakers are playing bad basketball at all. They're actually playing no, great no. basketball. It's, playing just, basketball. it's just Utah's been better for – the last 10 games and you know they've they've always been a playoff team the last like five years utah has always been there um and then usually in the playoffs when they get when they get there something bad happens or there's a key injury 
where they're missing the centerpiece of all of it. And they're that close to like moving on and everything like that. You could say the same thing for like Denver or anything like that, but Utah right now is going on all cylinders and they're playing like they're supposed to be playing with all the players that they have. So if we see a Laker and a Utah, maybe possibly a Western championship series, I think it's going to be amazing. Yeah. It'll be a really fun series. Um, let's see if they can hold it. As long as Utah like overtakes the Clippers, I'll be happy because <laughs> nobody likes the Clippers. The Lakers can lose every game of the season and they'll have more fans. Like if you're a Clippers fan listening, like my bad, but who cares? Like no one likes Clippers. It's <laughs> a sensitive subject in LA. If you're, Here's the thing. I mean, there's, of course, more Lakers fans. I mean, if if I ask Robert this, I know you you were living out in California for a while. Did yeah. you see more Lakers fans or Clippers fans? <laughs> Definitely Lakers. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, part of that reason is just the like the history that the Lakers have. Just yeah. with Magic Johnson, like going back from, you know, the glory days with Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and all them and then coming now, you know, getting the Kobe. And then now you got LeBron over there. I mean, it's just Lakers have always had big names. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't ever remember a point in the Lakers history where they haven't had somebody that no one knew. Yeah. You know? So. I think the year after Kobe retired. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do want to talk about though something for basketball. Um, one of them is uh, the Suns are five and five in their last uh, ten, right? But they did have that great start in the beginning like the first five games they were phenomenal so they're five and five in the last 10 they're still in i think they're like the seventh seed right now in the west um but the west is a lot harder of a conference than the east is of course this year but do the suns make the playoffs this year right now they're the fifth seed which when you look at the six through eight you know it's you got you got Portland, you got Golden State, and you got the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Um, it's tough, and I the people like the teams below the eight seed. Um, they're like one game great. out. Yeah, they're one game out. They're like really close. I think. I mean, Sacramento's gotten a little bit better. Um, Houston, since Harden left, has like they've changed. Been, they've been great. They've yeah, they kind of changed their outlook on playing the game, and they've kind of come back into the mix. You know, they are in ten spot right now. Mm-hmm. They're eleven and ten. I know with COVID protocols, some teams are missing games. They have to make them up later, and that's been a huge deal. Um, the Suns, there's, like, the one experience is, like, Chris Paul, and I think if they can listen to him and, like, still get that, like, you know, get under my wing, like, you're the little chicks under my, my big wing, they can, but there's teams that have been there before that are going to heat up at the right time, and if they get cold at the wrong time, like, they're out of it. Yeah. No, I, I think I, I but the thing is though is the overall picture. I think they do make the playoffs. I I think maybe not a five seed, but I think they definitely are towards the you know six, seven, or eight. I think they're around there. They're definitely not in the top five though. Okay. So let's turn it over to Robert and let's talk about the losing skid. I mean, they just won one game last night, but Mavs are three and seven in the last ten. Is Dallas on the road to playoffs or are they going to just crumble and burn? Crumble and burn. That's, really? Yes. I don't I don't see it happen. Uh to be honest with you, I haven't really watched the Mavs play since Dirk retired. 
Yeah. So I, I don't see them getting any better. I really don't. Um, that's just, I mean, you know, basketball is really not my forte, you know, to sit there and watch. I'll go outside and play it, but watching it, I, I really take no part in it, especially when football season going on and right after that baseball season starts, man, I just. So it's like golf, it's basically. Just, You'd rather play golf than watch it. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Who would sit there that's not 80 years old and watches golf on, on TV? Yeah, very true. Very true. <laughs> but with that, I think we're, we've been pretty settled. I mean, everybody's focusing on the Nets and how they're playing. I mean, that's like the talk right now. It's just the big three in Brooklyn and all this stuff. Yeah. We all know their defense is trash. It's last in the league. And if you want to win basketball games or in any sport, if you want to win in any sport, you have to have a good defense because defense wins games. Even though you have the number one offense, it sometimes doesn't do the things that it's supposed to do where you're supposed to win every game and all this stuff. So uh, we won't really talk about the Nets because that's kind of like a story that everybody knows about already. They just seem to get out and get someone. I know they've been rumored to get, you know, Kevin Love from Cleveland, but Cleveland's going to ask for a lot to take on the rest of his contract. So, yeah. They need, they need some sort of help if they're going to actually take this all the way to the end, you know, get to the finals with the big three. But you can't be either winning games by three, like with a score of like 147 to 144, or losing by that same score. Yeah. That can't happen. No. And and also, like being in the East right now, I think Philly's running away with this conference. They really are. And it's sad to say because Milwaukee, I mean, Giannis and all of them there, and like they're still not catching up to Philly. So – you know, I think that's Philly's conference to lose, basically. Um, with NHL, I know a lot of people aren't following the NHL, but I will say right now it's been quiet. You know, Sharks, if you aren't a fan of hockey, you can be a Sharks fan, but we suck right now. But, you know, we're, 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 we're sucking for the draft pick. So, but like so I always say, like I say, though, put a bet on Philly to go to the Cup. Put it down. I'm telling you right now, even though they're not the number one team, I'm telling you they are dangerous. So, but let's talk about a sport that we're all familiar with on this podcast. And there's been a lot of things going on. It's baseball. It's MLB. It's the show. It's everything you could ever want in like two weeks span of baseball in the off season. This is what we've been waiting for. But before we hit the free agency and the trades and all this stuff, Let's talk about Dustin Pedroia, longtime Red Sox hero, MVP, I think in 2008, I think. Um, that was 07, something like that. It was somewhere around there. 07, um, 08. Has finally retired. He got emotional during his, uh, basically his retirement speech on online and everything like that. And I will say one of the key things I liked what he said was, you know, he's not done with the sport. He he saw his son and, and all the parents asked him if they could, if he could coach and everything like that. And that's when he goes, you know, I have something to look forward to in baseball still. So good for him. Um, what do you guys take on? Let's, let's jump over to you, Brian. I think well, he had I'm a great my Arizona state shirt in honor of Dustin Pedroia. Great career rookie of the year in 07 one got a ring in 07 MVP in 08. So great start to, um, it was an immaculate career that was a little riddled with injuries towards the end. You know, the last in 18, he played three games in 19, he played six, didn't play last year. 
His last like full season of just games played was 2016 with 154. But you want a guy that just, you know, doesn't really match anyone with like size or power, like just go out there and give it his all with his body and just his ability. Yeah. You can ask for a better player like Dustin Bedroya. I can see them in the next year or two retiring 15 um, because of him. Like he brought that organization a lot just in general, not just on the field, but off as well. It'll be a little hole of leadership kind of missing from Boston. What a, what a great career for Pedroia. Yeah. Good for him, Robert. I know you're a big Red Sox fan, even though you're in the state of Louisiana down there. Um, Absolutely. So I know you probably want to talk about the, uh, the legend of Dustin Pedroia there. Oh yeah, man. <clears throat> Watching PD play was just like, it was, it was just crazy. It, the shit, the stuff that he did at second base was insane to me. Like I would try to mimic some stuff at baseball practice, you know, cause I was still young, but the reason why he retired made me think of uh, another guy, Ryan Terrio, Ryan Terrio, whenever he moved, he was in San Francisco at spring training and he saw his kids and realized how big they were getting. And he never really got to watch them grow because he was playing. And, you know, I'm glad you even mentioned that because that was it. Ryan Terrio came home and now runs a multi-million dollar business over here, uh, Traction Sports Performance, where my dad's really good friends with him now. Ryan, we asked him one day, why would you walk away from the game? He said, my kids were growing up and I never got to see it. And that's, I mean, that's a huge reason why, you know, any man walks away from his career or walks away from, you know, something that he enjoys is because kids are, you know, family is way more important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that. it's a good reasoning for him. Uh, I think and he, he had a really good career while he was there, man. I just, I hate to see it end the way it did. You know, if he were, if he would have retired, you know, maybe two, three years ago, I think he'd have went on a high note, but I'm glad he did, you know, when he did. Yeah. Yeah. You, hit it, you hit it really on the nose, Robert, with, in regards to just like, Ryan Therio just thinking about like, you know, I was, I noticed my kids were older than the last time I really saw them. So it really, uh, I think a lot of fans tend to forget that the guys in the field are also human and they also yeah. have families. So you hit right on the nose with that. So, you know, good for Dustin. Like, that's great. We all wish him the best. I think everybody MLB wish, wishes him the best too. And, you know, he was a great player on and off the field. I love his interviews too. His interviews were great. So um, laser show, laser show. But let's, Brian, you go ahead and take away the next topic for baseball. Well, um, this is pretty big um, in regards to just the overall moving the game forward, hitting more of a younger audience and getting more diverse, bringing in different cultures and backgrounds into baseball. Um, Ken Griffey Jr. is now a special assistant in the commissioner's office. He's a senior advisor of baseball ops with an emphasis on youth baseball development and improving diversity at amateur levels. You know, we, we get a lot of, you know, baseball itself, you know, they get a lot of flack for, you know, that's not uh, big in um, the black community and like, mm-hmm. bringing that, bringing that there um, and bringing a guy like King Griffey Jr. to do that and improve it is a huge step in the right direction for Major League Baseball. I think you couldn't ask for a better person for the job. Yeah. I mean, being a Mariners fan, it's not just that. It's just everything he did was amazing for the game. They call him the kid. He wore the backwards hat. He made the backwards hat an, an infamous thing in baseball. And then he just had fun. He had fun. And then I'm not going to lie. I did a research paper on Ken Griffey Jr. And I'm not going to lie. This is crazy. I did not know this. He was suicidal at one point early in his career. And his dad 
you know, helped him recover through everything. His dad being a major league baseball as well. But, you know, he's gone through like low, low, low points of his life and everything. Yeah. like that. So him being in the commissioner's office and also being for the MLBPA and everything like that, he's got so much of this background that he can use and help, you know, communities, players, uh, the commissioner herself, because, you know, honestly, I'm not a big MLB commissioner fan. I think he is a, I wouldn't say he's bad for baseball. That's, that's wrong to say, but it's just like, he's not for the fans. He's not for the fans. He's all for the owners. And yeah. now that Ken Griffey Jr. is there, I'm hoping that he can bring some balance into that office and show like, hey, if you don't have fans, you don't have teams. And if you don't have the community behind your back, then you're losing the sport. And that's what Ken Griffey Jr. is going to bring to the table. It's great. It's great for the just the game of baseball. And overall, I think he's going to knock it out of the park. Yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even think of that. It just it just came off the tongue. Knocked out of the park, man. It just came off. It just came off the tongue. But um, Robert, I know you're wearing a backwards hat. I don't know if it's in honor of King Griffey Jr., but uh, what's your take on it? Oh man, just hearing "Let the Kids Play" from the kid himself. I mean, that's just that's phenomenal to me. I love it. I absolutely love this for baseball, um, and I really hope you know you know. Let's pray that they let fans back into the parks. You know, at least at you know, 30, 35% capacity. Cause I mean, I have tickets to go see the Braves in April. Uh, I'm going to opening weekend, you know, hopefully. Um, now, yeah, you know, I, there I, also I need, talks I need about, my fix, man. I need my fix. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. When I was living in San Diego, I mean, we would go to, you know, four or five games a year. I mean, you went to the I world had, baseball classic, dude. Right. I went with you to the world <laughs> baseball classic. I mean, that was, that was awesome. That's an experience that anybody should get to have. And I'm really hoping that they allow fans back in. And then at the same time, King Griffey Jr., I mean, he's going to just make it fun for everybody to be at the park, I believe. You know, he's going to make it fun for the players too. You know, he, he's going to make baseball what it, you know, what it needs to be. The whole Fernando Tatis yeah. Jr. thing last year where he apologized for hitting a grand slam 3-0. Uh, yeah. He, no. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry. It's, you know, I'm playing just, to win. Just play baseball. Just yeah. that. Just now Tatis graces the cover of MLB The Show 21. Oh, uh, that's true. Y'all getting it? Are y'all getting it? Of course. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> just making sure. <laughs> well, also, just making sure. I'm, I'm debating whether or not because they also have that Jackie Robinson cover. And I'm oh, yeah. Like, no, that's the one I'm getting. I, I really want that. Box. But I also like it's like I want both covers and I don't want to pay for two of the games. So I'm like hoping people sell the cases. <laughs> no, in my room or in this room right now that I'm in, I have from. 17 to 20 all the hats that came with the game all hanging up so i always i get the collector's edition every year i, I love I, it i will say this though i'm not gonna lie so the 17 edition with ken griffey jr on it right right 17 was a, a really bad year for me but when i watch the intro to that like of the game like when that video comes up i i'm not gonna lie i cried so bad with like the drawings of the chalk and everything. I cried so bad like a baby. It wasn't even funny. And and my mom was there to witness the intro too. And she started crying. And she's like, this is such a great sport. And like it's 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 hilarious. But let's let's move to um the big free agents and trades that have happened. We've been waiting for this moment a long time as off-season gurus for baseball. Let's talk about the first big one. 
And it, I mean, it is huge. It, it deals with the best third baseman in the game right now. Nolan Arenado traded from Colorado to St. Louis. Um, St. Louis giving up. I'm not going to go through the list of players here, but St. Louis gave Colorado basically nothing. All these prospects they gave them were not even the top 100 of minor league baseball. Colorado sent them $51 million in cash for the contract too. So basically St. Louis has one of the best first basemen in baseball, one of the best third and has the best third basemen in baseball. I mean, they have Paul DeYoung, who's a gold glover at shortstop. They lost Colton Wong. Oh, well, they got Tommy Edmond, who's crazy fast. Basically, St. Louis now is probably one of the most dangerous teams in the National League, along with L.A. and San Diego and the Mets. I mean, it's the National League is starting to turn around, basically. But I want to know, let's, let's kick it off with Robert first. Is Nolan Arenado going to be basically as soon as he gets there, an instant impact. I'm going to say yes, but I'm also going to say with an asterisk because you don't know. Baseball is baseball, man. Everything you could have one day where he goes 0 for 5. The next day he hits five tanks. Mm -hmm. One day he goes 0 for 3. Who who hits five tanks? Hey, hey, who's hey, done not that? You. Who not is, you. No, no, wait. First off, you just hit five home runs in one game. Nobody. Exactly. So you can't even oh say he hit five tanks. Okay, okay. So he hits three, right? He goes five to five with two singles and three tanks. Okay, okay you okay. know what I'm saying. But last year he hit what, 253 in 48 games? He had a very bad year last year compared to his other years. I don't, now, I don't like count last year for a lot of stats because a lot of guys no. that. I can't time to prepare. But the but the thing is, is like you know, I'm not gonna try to jump into anybody's like time to talk here. But like last year, definitely shouldn't count, but also should count because you're still playing baseball, right? So, you still. I mean, I don't. I'm not sure if he's gonna be an immediate impact. I'm gonna say yes because of how good of a player he is. But at the same time. Who did they sign for pitching? No for St. Louis? Yeah. Oh, they, they're, they're banking on a healthy rotation, not with, with like Jack Flaherty and Miles Mikolas. They yeah. re-signed an old Adam Wainwright. He did phenomenal, though. The last two seasons, he's been great for his age. <laughs> okay. How old is he, though? I mean, he's pushing four. He's almost 40. 38, 39. Okay. okay. So you're banking on your pitching staff to not allow enough runs to where Aaron Otter can come up hit you a few bombs and you win and you win games. But here's also the thing though, to go along with that St. Louis has one of the best bullpens in the game right now. Okay. Bullpens. Oh, okay. Starters- so, so if you ask your starter to go five innings, just five innings and then leave it to the bullpen, I think you'll be okay. But how often do starters go five innings now? I mean, it happens all the time now. And See, this is why I agree with five. It's not, it's not the seven innings, you know, quality starts that you get anymore. It's now a bullpen game. But why? Because it's easier. They're one bullpen. Okay, tell me this. Bullpen pieces are cheaper, correct? Okay. Okay. I think bullpen pieces are more, I guess you should say versatile in the roles that they play. They can go from a closer. They can go middle relief. They can go opener. They, they're more versatile. And then three, you know, you don't have to rest them as long. You don't. 
you can have them go back to back nights and then give them another day off and then just go another back to back. You can easily do that. You're putting too much strain on their arm at that point. Yeah, Uh, we we saw the Rays fall apart in the bullpen this last uh, postseason in the World Series. But the reason why was because of Ant, because you know, okay, hang on, hang on, time out, time out. The Rays blew it because Kevin Cash didn't go old school. He went analytics. But that's it's the not, Rays in general's analytics. But that's what. But that's what you're saying. They that's that is the reason why they lost it was because they went off of analytics. They didn't go with a gut yeah. or they like who has the hot hand right now. But they Blake's, but no, Blake's yeah he was dealing man Blake was dealing, and they pulled him for. Uh, I don't know. I just don't. I never understood that. Why? Why don't you? Why do you get a starter to not let him go as long as he can? You know, why do you pull him after four innings of immaculate pitching and then say, "Okay, I'm gonna let my bullpen take the rest of the game"? Because no. the, game, the game's Amen. changing. The, the game is changing. It's too analytical. Of oh, three times to the lineup. Let's take him out. But the the analytics are stupid. Like the Rays. Like, oh yeah, they're the ones that implemented the opener. They started it. Mm-hmm. That's stupid. I hate the opener. Like, why spend money on a starter when they – you might as well just sign all bullpen, don't even have starting pitching. Like, what's Correct. the point at this point? Yeah. I think I think going back to the Cardinals is they have a good bullpen. They have somewhat good starters, but it's still, you know, coming off the last season and they didn't pitch a full season and then how their bodies are on their arms. Are they going to be able to throw five-plus? I feel as though it's going to be a really heavily bullpen season again. And we're going to see a lot of teams suffer coming in down into the playoffs. Because so, of it. so what you're saying, Brian, is that I'm right. That bullpen. <laughs> I, I want Robert to hear this. You're agreeing with me that bullpen right now in this game of baseball is more worth more than starting pitching. Yeah. Tracking back to what my somewhat disagreement earlier. Yeah. Bullpen, <laughs> mm-hmm. spend money on bullpen and you need to get depth in your starting pitching, but it's still the fact of they still need that starting pitcher to gap into the bullpen. Yes. Yes. Okay. So, so you should be spending money on bullpen pieces. I will say this, but Robert, we're going to give you another, another subject here. Cause we're running out of time. I, I got, know, the yeah, little, I got the little that. warning of, of the thing up there. So we got eight minutes left. So right. we got to do this quick. Trevor Bauer. <laughs> this is a touchy yes. subject for everybody in baseball, I think. God. Announced he is taking his talents to Los Angeles for the Dodgers for an insane amount of money. Let's just say this. If you watch baseball, Mike Trout is the best player in baseball. Okay. Yes. And he's making roughly around, I think, 35 mil a season-ish, right. somewhere around there. Trevor Bauer in one season is making $40 million and then he can opt out. He signed a three-year deal and the first two seasons have an opt out, which after, if he decides to go back into LA, he makes 45 the next year. So he's making more than Mike Trout is, who is the best player in baseball. Granted, Trevor Bauer did win the Cy Young, but in a shortened season, of course, let's talk about this. So now LA is over the tax threshold where they're going to have that penalty. They're first time penalty. So it's not going to be outrageous, but is Trevor Bauer worth that much money, Brian? No, he is not <laughs> worth that much money. I, I'm so glad, you know, Chris, you called Mets. I called angels. They wanted them to get some starting pitching and not Alex Cobb, but we'll yeah. get to that different time, man. I'm so glad they didn't spend that much money on him. That asking price is ridiculous. Like, you have one good season in a shortened season. You win the Cy Young, great. You put in the work. I yeah. get it. 
you're 30 years old, your overall performance, like you shouldn't be getting more than Clayton Kershaw. You shouldn't be getting more than Garrett Cole, who I think is a better pitcher all around, who's done it more consistently than Trevor Bauer has. Like props to him and his agent, but yeah, he's in that rotation. You know, Walker Bueller's really good. Kershaw's still really good at his age. Julio Urias needs to come back to the starting rotation. Yeah. When you have it's a solid rotation with him, with or without him. It mm-hmm. adds a lot more depth when you add him in there. Knowing how the Dodgers are and how they haven't really spent big in the last few years, it's so strange to me that he would go there and not be the number one guy when he wanted to. And he wasn't even going to be that in New York. You know, he's making more than DeGrom, and DeGrom won back-to-back Cy Youngs. I don't don't know why the Dodgers pulled this trigger. I know he wanted to play where he's from. He's from that area. I get it. But, man, like – Too much money. The Dodgers' weakness was their bullpen, and they could have spent a lot less for guys like, you know, Brad Hand, who made, you know, just 10 mil yeah. um, with Washington. Like, they could have got out and gone, gotten guys like that, and they didn't. They yeah. bolstered their starting rotation, and I get it. But, man, $40 million, like, the highest play, paid player. Like, I – all right, so let, let's – I'm going to ask Robert. Okay, so I'm not going to ask – because Brian basically said it all. He's worth too much money. But this is the, the question I'm going to ask you, Robert, is he is a very, very, I guess you could say stingy, needs like very what he wants is what he wants kind of player, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. So now that you have this whole starting rotation that is almost basically eight pitchers deep in the starting rotation. Okay. Right. So – but he's not gonna he's not gonna let six or seven days of rest happen. He wants to pitch every five days, right? Every he's four. talked about pitching every four days, and he's yeah. not gonna get do you, do you think there's gonna be a clash between with him and Dave Roberts? No, I do not because if Dave Roberts would have had an issue with Trevor Bauer at all, they wouldn't have got him. Dave, I guarantee they've met. Okay, they've, they've oh, yeah. definitely met before. Okay, I everything about Trevor Bauer that a lot of people hate, I love. Okay, I I loved it when Terry Francona walked out on the field and went to go pull him and he chunked the ball over center field wall. I love that. Now, Terry Francona, Terry Francona wasn't very happy about it, but I coached an 11-year-old baseball team. I wish that all of them would act like Trevor Bauer. Just this the, the love of the game. I don't think that they're going to – I don't think they're going to clash at all because I think that – Trevor Bauer is going to realize, okay, I'm making way too much money. I don't think he's going to realize – who's going to realize that? And he'll be like, I'm waking, making way too much money. You no, shut, no, but, you but shut but up saying, when you get yeah, paid. When you get paid like that, you shut your mouth. You, you, don't, you don't have to argue with them. Now, no. you're making if you're making $5 million a year instead of $40 million, you know, you might argue some things. But that's because you don't think – you know your worth. Everybody knows their worth. Mm-hmm. Trevor Bauer thinks he's worth this much money. So he, now that he got it, he's going to shut up and he's going to play ball. I'll agree that, you know, I don't think he's going to get into a debate or like an argument with Dave Roberts, but I think there's going to be some sort of, you know, little small talk he's going to do. I don't know, something, something negative about the organization, something the, like that. But only something thing- on his YouTube and then it will, it will get like thrown in the media and it's going to, He's gonna have to apologize for something, but the, my favorite—he's gonna shut up. Yeah, my favorite thing Trevor Bauer ever did was strike a guy out, 
crack a beer and chug it while he was on the mound. Okay. That is my favorite thing he's ever done. And I hope he does that every time he strikes somebody out this year. All right. Absolutely. So we've told you guys about, it's just a, this is just a taste of the big picture here of what's been going on in baseball, but we're running out of time here. So um, we're going to go ahead and sign off here, but we're going to find out on the next episode, who is the Super Bowl champ. Of course, we're going to, probably talk about now the Dodgers and Padres rivalry, how it's now insane. Um, and then of course, basketball is going to be doing some stuff too. So the next episode is going to be probably just as juicy as this one, but juicy. we do want to, we do want to appreciate you, Robert coming onto the, uh, to the podcast. And like we always tell people, you know, if you're a fan or anything like that, let us know, tell us what you think and everything like that. Cause I get texts from you every time and now you're a guest on the show. So with that, like I always say, be kind to one another, um, have a great day. Have a great weekend, Super Bowl weekend, and we'll see you next time. And always to like, share, subscribe, and listen for us all the time. And Brian, you got about 20 seconds. Great. Um, this was probably our most heated pod that we've ever had. Uh, we did raise our voices a little bit. But yeah, uh, have a safe weekend, Super Bowl weekend. If you're having a party, just remember practice social distancing. We want to get fans back in the stands this season. But other than that, like, subscribe, follow. Um, we'll see you guys next time. All right, Robert, you got... 15 seconds, go. <laughs> hey, appreciate it for having me on, fellas. Uh, Brian, uh, you know, continue to do what you do. Chris, thank uh, you. good luck. Good luck, man. Good luck. <laughs> Robert, it was a pleasure. All right. All right, yeah, All right. We'll see you guys later. Thanks for listening. Bye.